You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. Today, quite a few things to talk about. A couple of quick Timberwolves-related notes here off the top. Then I want to get into a bit of conversation about, well, actually, I, I mean, there's there's several things to cover. The ownership side, um, Carl Anthony Towns in the media. He's also now a cover athlete. We talked about Anthony Edwards and his presence on the cover of Slam Magazine on yesterday's show. And then also I want to talk about Anthony Edwards. There's some minor rumblings about Team USA and Edwards, and I don't know if that's a real rumor, but I want to cover that. And then I want to talk about the the numbers, the two-man numbers of power forward matchups, or I should say power forward pairings with Carl Anthony Towns, who had the best year paired with Carl Anthony Towns. We can talk about what the eye test told us, but what do the net, the on-off and the net ratings tell us, net rating numbers tell us about Carl Anthony Towns' front court pairings last season. So plenty to talk about. Uh, as always, though, a reminder, if you're not following or subscribed to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, please do. You can listen anywhere. That includes Spotify, Apple, Google, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon. And that's uh, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Uh, let's cover the Team USA stuff first. So the only place, to be clear, that I've seen this this rumor about is there a possibility that Anthony Edwards could potentially play on Team USA? And the reason why we're, we're talking about this is because Bradley Beal was announced, of course, on Thursday to not be eligible or he won't be participating in the Tokyo Olympics due to health and safety protocols. Um, he'd been out uh, briefly, I think a hamstring or a knee or something had, I think he played in the first game, missed the next couple exhibitions. Um, at any rate, uh, Beal was ruled out for the Olympics due to health and safety protocols. Jeremy Grant is also out right now for health and safety protocols, although Greg Popovich said that they're optimistic he can stay with the team. And the Australia Team USA exhibition scheduled for Friday night was was canceled. Um, and Team Australia is under even stricter COVID protocols. That's part of the reason, of course, COVID-19 is, it, I mean, Australia is even in, in a worse shape than the U.S., not the basketball team, the, the country in terms of COVID-19 cases. So they're under stricter protocols anyway. But Team USA has got to figure out how to replace Bradley Beal. And of course, they're going to get Drew Holiday. They're going to get Chris Middleton after the NBA Finals are over. But they need they need bodies. They need guys that can score the basketball. They need guys that are going to play hard. And so, um, again, to be clear, the only place that I've seen this is on uh, ESPN's The Jump. Um, they talked about this. Kendrick Perkins and uh, and Richard Jefferson talked about the case for Anthony Edwards to join the team. But I don't know if they were forgetting that he sprained his ankle uh, basically a week ago, nine, 10 days ago. And it was a severe enough sprain that he had to go back to Minnesota to get evaluated by the Timberwolves training staff. Uh, it doesn't sound like, based on some of the reporting from Dane Moore and others out there, Darren Wolfson, that this is like, a, you know, crutches for weeks type of thing. But it also, like, he would have missed a handful of games if the NBA season had been ongoing. If this was in the middle of the NBA season, he probably misses two, three, four, or five games, something like that. Um, so I'd be really surprised if they jumped to inviting a, a guy who was a rookie last year 
Um, unless they're pretty sure he's our 12th guy and like, we'll play him if we need him down the road type of a thing. And this is more of an experience, uh, you know, deal than anything else. I kind of think they might've forgotten that he had a sprained ankle when they were talking about this because nobody else is reporting it. Nobody else locally in the twin cities, nobody else nationally has mentioned him as a, as a name that could be considered to join team USA, but it is something to keep an eye on. It would be cool if he did. Um, it would of course make me nervous to have him play in international basketball, but it would obviously be great experience to have him be around the Kevin Durant's and the Jason Tatum's and, um, Damian Lillard's and the guys that are on that team would be great. Um, but I'd be surprised if that happened, mostly because of the injury, but also because there's other guys. Um, and and Edwards has been away from the select team now for a week, too, because of the ankle injury. So I don't think it makes a ton of sense for him to be the guy that they pick. But it's something we'll keep an eye on. It's certainly not impossible. Um, the other thing to mention here off the top is Carl Anthony Towns was on the cover of the Ebony magazine, which is which is awesome. Of course, we talked about Anthony Edwards on the cover of Slam. Um, a very different cover, very different content in the article. Um, the article at Ebony is, of course, focused on Carlton Towns' activism in the community and uh, the his passion to sparking change, um, you know, in the black community and, and uh, you know, the racial injustice issues that are ongoing. And, of course, a huge deal in Minneapolis he talks about um, and everywhere, of course, but uh, with the George Floyd tragedy from last summer. And Towns also talks about losing his mother to complications of COVID-19 last year. There's some quotes from his dad, Carl Towns Sr. Um, so there's there's it's a really good piece and, and it's a very different Obviously, it's a different magazine and a different article and a different feel than what Anthony Edwards did. But kudos to Towns for getting the cover story and for, you know, continue to be to be at the forefront of uh, of initiatives in the NBA, fighting social injustice, fighting other issues in the community and in the black community. And, and Towns is uh, is has been very much active. Um, and, and so kudos to him for doing that. He, there were some, I think Julius Randall shouted him out on Twitter. There's been some people that have recognized him for participating in this way. So congrats to him for the cover and, and he did an awesome job. Um, so go check that out. You can read it online at the, uh, the magazine's website as well. Um, just as you could with at ebony.com, just as you could with, um, with, uh, with Edward's article at slam online. Dot com. So go check out both those articles. Uh, the Towns one just, just hit, I think, yesterday. I think Thursday. So uh, head on over there and check it out. All right. Next, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the idea of, of pairings next to Towns in the front court. Um, you know, of the basically four guys that played power forward last year, who is the best fit with Towns moving forward or who had the best season in, in 2021 next to Towns? Then I want to hit on the um, briefly the NBA Finals preview for the weekend and then talk about uh, the latest step in the ownership process. There was a bit of news that I, I didn't talk about on Thursday this week on the ownership front. So we're going to get to all that here next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's now half over. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. Again, that's promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
All right, let's talk two-man lineups with Carl Anthony Towns. And I want to focus on the power forward position. We've done this just kind of generally, like who are his best overall two-man pairings. And uh, actually, his first two, the, the, his top two happen to be power forwards. But I want, to, I want to focus on the power forward position because if you casually watch the Timberwolves this season and maybe didn't watch every game, but kind of got, you know, followed the team, got a good sense for it. Um, I guess I'm jumping to some conclusions here, but I would assume that that such a fan would assume that, you know, Wancho had a rough season, you know, Vanderbilt didn't provide much on offense. Jade McDaniels is the future. He's, he's a, a great defender. He's adequate on offense, could shoot threes. Um, you know, there were some moments in there that were, were solid uh, when they played a smaller lineup with the Kogi at the four, but you, you probably wouldn't have the sense that there's two guys who are far and away better than anybody else uh, when paired with Towns. And I think that also gives us, of course, the hottest topic of the last year plus is who's the power forward of the future? What kind of moves can the Wolves make? First, it was, could it be Aaron Gordon? Of course, that ship has sailed with his trade from Orlando to Denver last year. Could it be John Collins? That's still unlikely, but I guess possible. Ben Simmons could play some minutes uh, technically as a four if he were to be acquired. Uh, Could it be Miles Turner, Damana Sabonis? Some of these other names that have been uh, Pascal Siakam. But, but... The, the other, you know, after this year, Jade McDaniels is the other name. You know, is it Jade McDaniels now? Is it Jade McDaniels in the future? But if you look at the numbers from last year, the two best power forward pairings of the Carl Tilly Towns were Jared Vanderbilt and Juancho Hernan Gomez, and it's not close. Jared Vanderbilt was uh, the best two-man pairing of any position with Carl Tilly Towns last year. He had a net rating of, of a plus five in 470 minutes. So that's not like, it's not a huge sample size, but it's not tiny. I mean, it was really middle of the pack. It was actually in the upper upper half of town's two man parents in terms of time played together on the court. So a plus five and 470 minutes over 40 games. And of course, Vando pretty much exclusively played the four last season. Um, and why is that? Well, it's primarily due to, to, uh, due to Vanderbilt's ability on defense and rebounding. He also helped support cat in that category as a defensive rebounder, especially offensively. He didn't space the floor, but he knew where to be, right? He was in the dunker spot. He was cutting. Um, he was at least active. And it allowed Towns to kind of go to work. And um, and even though, I guess, conventional wisdom would tell you, well, Vanderbilt's not a threat on offense, so couldn't teams just double off of him to cover Cat? Um, yeah, I mean, that happened sometimes. But they were so much better defensively that it worked. Um, in fact, the next five pairings, or actually six pairings, on the list, if you if you sort Cat's two-man pairings, and I'm at NBA.com slash stats, um, his next six two-man pairings all had better offensive ratings than his pairing with Vanderbilt. However, the defensive rating was so good, it was his second best defensive rating and really his best. The smallest sample size he had was with Jared Culver, so we'll throw that one out. It was his best defensive pairing in terms of defensive net rating, um, or defensive rating, I should say. So that goes to show you how far having a solid defender and rebounder, which I think rebounding is also key here, next to Towns, um, really, really can impact what he's able to do. Um, or, or the, I guess the team success, I guess, is a better, a better way to put that. The number two player on the list is Juancho Hernan Gomez. He was a plus 3.9. It was a smaller sample, 311 minutes. Of course, that was due to both players being injured, or I guess both players testing positive for COVID-19 at uh, similar times, but then also Juancho not in the rotation. You know, Cat was hurt early in the year. Juancho wasn't in the rotation after he came back from COVID. Um, so, and then also I should note that Juancho played some at the three under Chris Finch late in the season. So there's, it's a little noisy given that, that the stat's not perfect here, but, and that's, that's purely offensively driven as you might expect. In fact, 
Town's two worst defensive rating pairings were Wancho and Jaden McDaniels, which is a spoiler before we get to Jaden um, in the overall pairings. But his best offensive rating overall was with Wancho. And there's your conventional wisdom of pair Towns with somebody who can stretch the floor. And also Wancho's an underrated cutter. His problems are rebounding and defense, but he's a, he's a solid cutter and a, a really good floor stretcher. And his offensive rating with Towns is fantastic. His defensive rating wasn't great, but overall he was a plus 3.9. So two players with very different skill sets, Vanderbilt and Hernan Gomez, were the two best pairings with Carl Anthony Towns. What does that tell us? Well, number one, Cat is really good and he can make almost anything work. Um, in terms of in terms of having a positive on court impact, just what Towns is on the court. That's how good Carl Anthony Towns is. He can play with a defensive minded player who's going to to sit in the dunker spot and shoot the ball four times in a game, but get you know three steals and eight rebounds in in in, in a modest amount of minutes like Vanderbilt. Or he could play with the guy who's going to hang out on the perimeter, dive to the basket occasionally on a cut, and you know knock down three out of seven threes over the course of a game in Juancho, and he can make that work. Either one of those styles of play at the four work next to Carl Anthony Towns. Um, the next, if you go down the list, the next four that appears in this list, I'll throw out Josh Okogie because I guess he played something like half of his minutes at the four overall over the course of the season, but a lot of that was under Ryan Saunders. Um, and I guess offensively, he functioned more as a four uh, late in the season, um, even more than he did under Saunders. I mean, that's how, even if by by the letter of the law, by name, I guess he wasn't playing power forward late in the season. Offensively, Okogi was. Um, and overall, his net rating with Towns was a minus 1.9. So not awful. Be really interesting to see how that works moving forward. If Okogi's functioning as a two or a three defensively, but as a four offensively, that's going to be tough to quantify. Um, but the two man with Towns is really middle of the pack on the overall, on, on the list. Um, Towns, you have to scroll all the way down on this list of two man lineups to get to Nas Reed. Now, this is only 160 minutes. It's the second smallest sample next to his t- his minutes with Jarrett Culver. Because remember, Saunders, I think maybe one time this season, played Nas next to Towns. So the vast majority of those 160 minutes, again, a very small sample, came with Chris Finch's head coach. He ended up as a negative, that pairing was a negative 2.4. So uh, his fourth to worst pairing of anybody on the roster. But again, small sample, a lot of noise around them with the rest of the lineup kind of being shuffled around. I'm not willing to give up on that pairing because they, they showed significant flashes. And it's another example of Towns being able to um, to pair with any type of player because Nas is similar to Towns in how he plays. He can play inside. He can play outside. He can he can dribble drive from the perimeter. Um, I've always said that the idea behind Nas Reed is if he could replicate 50% of what Towns does and he's the backup center, then you could run a lot of the same stuff, albeit not as effectively with Nas instead of Towns. But to duplicate Towns' skill set next to him, as long as Nas continues to improve defensively and he's improved his conditioning, he's become a better rebounder, that pairing can work together as well moving forward. Now, below that is Towns and Jaden McDaniels. They played 858 minutes together. So in terms of overall pairings, that's third most after his minutes with Edwards and minutes with Rubio. And it's most among anybody that plays power forward. But it's a negative 2.9. Now, that's not an awful number. Obviously, it's it's literally negative, but it's not awful. And there's plenty of caveats there about McDaniels being a rookie, McDaniels not playing much early in the season, um, the rest of the team around them being poor defensively. But McDaniels was often on the perimeter 
you know, guarding and as a switchable four. And, and then also late in the season, he played a lot more three too. Once Chris Finch was at the helm. In fact, a lot of those minutes with Nas at the four, Jane McDaniels is at the three. Uh, offensively, he's just a lower usage guy with Towns. Defensively, Jane McDaniels is going to get out on the perimeter and guard. And he's versatile on both ends of the court in that respect. He can he can uh, guard multiple positions. He can do multiple things offensively. And I think we'll see his offensive game grow significantly in a years two, three, four in the league versus what he was asked to do and also willing to do as a rookie in the NBA. So what does this exercise tell us? I think it tells us, as I said a minute ago, after talking about Vando and, and Juancho, that Cat is really, really good. Um, we knew that, but he can play with any type of four and be effective. The question is, how do the Wolves find those positive net ratings? Is Does that mean that it has to be a two-headed monster of a defensive-minded rebounder like Vanderbilt and a, a stretch four with cutting ability that struggles defensively in Juancho, and you just kind of play the matchups and, and you try and pull the right lever at the right time? Maybe. I mean, that worked to an extent this year, but the best all-around potential as a true two-way player is Jade McDaniels. Vando's is Vando is never going to be a plus offensive player. Wancho is never going to be a plus defensive player. Those guys, it's just, it, they just aren't. Jade McDaniels has the potential to be a true two-way starting caliber player, maybe even with star potential, but at, at, you know, very likely a solid starter. So he is still the future. How will the Wolves open next season? How many minutes will Nas Reed get at the four? My bet is on. Now, the Wancho injury obviously complicates things. It certainly sounds like he may miss the start of the season. But if he was healthy, I would say that Wancho ends up being the starting four. Jaden McDaniels is the backup of the three and the four and can play heavy minutes in both spots. Nas Reed's your backup five. And depending on matchups, he's going to get eight to 10 minutes at the four as well over the course of a game. Um, That to me is the most likely breakdown. Now, of course, Vanderbilt is a restricted free agent. We don't know if he'll be back or not. I think they'll try and keep him. I think he's more likely to be back than Jordan McLaughlin, who's the team's other restricted free agent. Uh, But we'll see. Um, and, And, that's still the biggest question mark around this team. We know D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, those guys are going to, and Malik Beasley, unless he's traded, those are going to be your other three starters. Those are going to be your other three um, guys in those heavy minute wing and guard roles. Ricky Rubio, if he's still in the rosters, the next man up, you know, we know that much. We don't know for sure who's going to get the heaviest minutes at the four. Um, Jake Lehman's still under contract. He saw minutes at the four last year. He, by the way, had the worst two-man pairing numbers of anybody with Carl Anthony Towns, um, which was interesting to me. And there's Josh Kogi in there as well that can play all those different positions. So it gets very noisy when you try and consider the best pairing with Towns. But put simply, he can make almost any pairing work. And that, to me, is the biggest takeaway. All right, we're going to wrap with a brief look at at uh, what's upcoming regarding the finals, as well as um, a note on Timberwolves ownership and the changes there that are upcoming here. Uh, well, I guess the, the things that have actually happened in a courtroom and in the uh, among the NBA Board of Governors over the past week. So um, we're going to get to that here in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has several delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. If you talk to a Built Bar fan like yours truly, we're all definitely passionate about our favorites. Um, coconut for me, Cherry Barcia, underrated and fantastic. Cookies and Cream is probably my current favorite. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. can try them all and decide from there before ordering a full box of delicious built bars of whichever flavor you land on is your favorite, but they're healthy. They they don't just taste good. They're super healthy. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar. Calories are ranging from only 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar and just four to five grams of net carbs per bar. 
All the flavors are amazing. They're tasty and they're all healthy. Order today. You can still get Grasshopper Cookie, which is a limited time flavor or raspberry or whatever flavor you like. And also headed into the Olympics, don't forget, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is awesome. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, closing today with a quick note on ownership regarding the Timberwolves. Of course, uh, a couple weeks ago now, Glenn Taylor won in a district court hearing in, uh, I think in Minneapolis there in the Twin Cities. Uh, the, the I don't think it was a suit, but whatever the, the case was brought by um, brought by the largest minority owner, Meyer Orbach, who owns almost 17% of the team, alleged that Glenn Taylor could not enter into this sale without including Orbach as a, you know, exercising his tag along rights. Basically, Orbach wanted to cash out at the valuation of the pending sale to the Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie group, instead of waiting until they became majority owners. The court ruled that this was that, that in Taylor's favor, basically, that Orbach can't cash out um, at this time because the majority sale has not been completed. Lori and Rodriguez will not be majority owners until at earliest the end of 2023. So um, that was said and done a couple of weeks ago. Now this week, Rodriguez and Mark Lori early this week met with the NBA finance committee regarding the sale um, and were seeking league approval. Uh, after this meeting, then the finance committee will make their recommendation to the board of governors at large that will approve the sale. This is reporting by Chris Hine at the Star Tribune. Um, and Basically, that's this is just the next significant step. And again, the plan is that Rodriguez and Laurie, Rodriguez, of course, the former Major League Baseball superstar, Mark Laurie, a billionaire, uh, a tech billionaire, uh, Walmart's e-commerce department, several other uh, tech companies, they get 20% of the team this summer once this all gets approved by the Board of Governors. They get an option to purchase 20% the end of next year, and then another 20%. So by December of 23, they should be 60% owners and therefore majority owners of the Timberwolves. Glenn Taylor will maintain a minority stake, uh, but they'll be the majority and controlling owners. Every time they make a 20% purchase, the league has to approve it. So this basically is a series of purchases and the sales to this point are not guaranteed, um, but they have their agreement the, the Taylor group and the Lori Rodriguez group that um, that they'll take, the new group will take controlling interest by the end of 23. So everything appears to be moving as planned on that front. Um, and I guess apparently as weird as this process has been, Glenn Taylor's got his ducks in a row here. Um, and maybe that shouldn't be surprising. He's a billionaire um, and uh, and has resources and, and the business know-how to make this thing work. Um, and Lori and Rodriguez are supposed to be now learning the ropes of of becoming NBA owners. And that's kind of the idea and, and probably a smart one, um, a smart approach uh, regarding what what Taylor has chosen to do. Um, the last note today on the show is NBA Finals Game 5 is, isn't until Saturday night, uh, which means there's just one game to talk about on Monday's show here. Uh, but Game 5, pivotal Game 5 in Phoenix, series tied at two games apiece. And um, the Suns, of course, had a bad trip to Milwaukee. They were really sloppy. He got basically blown out in game three. Game four was more of a hard fought battle, but still sloppy. Um, and, you know, the, the Suns are going to have to bounce back a little bit. I'm still, I had picked Suns in six. I think that's still possible. Um, but 
of course, with the home team winning every game, it's easy to say, well, this thing's going seven. Um, and that would be a ton of fun. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it does go seven. It'd be a lot of fun uh, if that happens. And of course, even this brief finals conversation is brought to us by Michelob Ultra. Um, they're covering or they're sponsoring all of our road to the finals and 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 I guess now literally the finals coverage this year. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So uh, here's hoping for a fantastic close to the finals. We'll talk about game five on Monday's show. All right, that's all we have for you today here on Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the show. Of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Um, exciting stuff coming up. I'm going to have a conversation. I talked about this earlier this week. Finally, have this lined up with with Jake Painting over at Canis Hoopus about Leandro Balmero. He hasn't looked great for Argentina this week, but um, he is part of their rotation and he is going to be on the Timberwolves roster very likely next year. So I want to talk about Balmero with him as we lead into the Olympics and, and we're just a couple weeks away from the draft as well. So that conversation is coming soon. And also Lockdown Wolves is going to be on YouTube soon. So you won't just have to listen to my voice. You don't have to, but hopefully you, you've, you've, Hopefully you do feel like you have to listen to my voice, uh, but you can also see my face on YouTube here soon. Um, so stay tuned for that as uh, lockdown continues with some exciting things here in the very near future and, and exciting things that are already underway at the network. So be sure to stay tuned for that. A reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. A reminder, you can follow the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon. So be be sure you're following or subscribed, and we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.